The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet Kunst. Hello, and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I am so glad that you're joining us today. Our topic is the importance of branding, and I have a special guest today, Jan Miller with uh, 2113 Impact Graphics. So what we're going to talk about today is what's important when considering branding, how color is key to creating your brand, and what you need to know when you're choosing a designer, and most importantly, how you need to protect your brand. So I, I just want, you know, sometimes when we think about branding, it's uh, more about the logo and something that looks really cool, but there's a lot of reasons why it's important and it goes beyond just that cool look that you may think you have. Uh, some of the reasons that go into branding and why it's important are it creates trust it improves recognition with your audience so that, and, and you know this because we see the golden arches and we know uh, it's McDonald's or we see the Nike swoosh and we don't even have to see the word Nike and we know that it's Nike and, and what they're talking about. Um, and it also uh, supports your marketing efforts so that people start seeing all the things that you're doing around your brand and start tying it together. Um, and it actually motivates employees if you have employees because it lets them uh, rally around your brand and feel some um, some sense of pride in your in your brand. And above all, it also generates revenue because, as as I was saying, we start to recognize uh, some of the branding of companies, whether big or small, and that starts to generate uh, word of mouth and brand recognition. So those are some of the things that are really important about brand, and it goes beyond just your logo, but. It, it does have to do a lot with the graphics and how you're presenting yourself to your audience. So, uh, as I said, my guest today is Jan Miller, and he is uh, the owner of 2113 Impact Graphics since 2005. He is an award-winning graphic designer. I think he said he had over 30 awards, so that's pretty impressive. And he provides graphic solutions for your business, including branding and rebranding. So welcome, Jan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So before we get started in our talk about branding, I'd like to give you an opportunity to just give us a, a little bit of your background and, and what you do and what you've done and what your philosophy is towards um, business and branding. Okay. Um, I started my company in 2005. Um, we started out working mostly with independent film companies, so we have a big uh, film industry background uh, doing key art, movie posters, things of that nature. Uh, when the recession hit in 07, 
then we had to change up our strategy a little bit and we started doing more corporate. So we started doing more branding, more logos of that nature. And we shifted our focus to that so that we wanted to help small businesses succeed. And I'm a big believer in helping small businesses succeed. And the way you do that is through the branding. So when we start to work on a brand, that's what we have in mind. We want to make sure that you're not a Fortune 500 company yet, but we want to make sure that you look like one. I love that because that's really what we're all about, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Helping small and mid-sized businesses is really what we're about. And uh, so in 07, when everything changed and we did this, um, we started going in that direction. And we've done quite a bit of work. As you said, we've probably won almost 30 awards over the last 12 years with the company. We just won one last week uh, for the American Graphic Design uh, health and wellness awards. So we just won for branding brochures that we did for a chiropractic office that was literally typing out all their information on colored paper and printing it on their so on their own computer off their <laughs> printer. You know, it was just text and very little, nothing else. So after we got done rebranding that whole look for them, it's actually doing really well for them. That's wonderful. And that's one of the things that we see a lot with small businesses is they just use their printer and print off what they need, isn't it? Yes, a lot. Um, And whereas, you know, if it's just information you're trying to get out there, that's one thing. But when it's really important information about your company, it really needs to be done right and done professionally. Um, You know, you run into a lot of people are like, oh, my nephew knows Photoshop and I'm going to have him do it. Well, (laughs) again, they're not, they're not artists. They, they really don't know color theory. They don't understand how the brand really needs to uh, stand out. Yeah, and that's really important. So, so let's let's start talking about branding a little bit. Um, what when you start talking to a, a company about either branding or rebranding themselves? What are some of the questions that that they should keep in mind and that you ask them as they go as you go forward? Well, when it comes to branding, uh, when it's a new company. A lot of questions are, you know, what what is your company's ultimate goal? What what do you see yourself doing in the next few years? Not just right now. A lot of companies make that failure of, I'm starting right now and I just need something. Well, that just needs something to get you going. Within a year, you wind up rebranding and redoing everything because you realize what all the mistakes you were that first year. So I always say try to work with a professional company, a uh, professional designer. And they should the professional designers should be asking you questions, not you asking them questions. Um, you should be uh, being asked questions such as, what color is your favorite color? What color do you see the business as? Because those colors are very important in branding. And when you're designing it, you really need to understand what's the company goal and what's going to work for them. Is it the colors they actually like or is it the colors they're thinking of for the business and you really need to work on that part of it? Um, design as far as a whole, you also need to understand, do we need a symbol for your company or are we branding the name? If you're a company that is doing uh, social media, if you're a company that's doing marketing, you could do both. You could either brand the name of the company or you can actually create symbols for the company that becomes your brand. So it really depends on what you're doing with your business. And these are, again, all questions that graphic designers should be asking you. If if they're not asking you questions to really get inside your head and figure out what it is that they need to do, that's probably not the right designer for you. Yeah, that that's really important. So so let's talk a little bit about the um, words versus uh, symbol or design. Um, 
when is it appropriate to, to how do you come up with a, a symbol or design when you're talking about a logo or, or branding? And, and what cases do you see that it's better to use words versus a symbol or design? Um, in instances, if you're running along the lines of you're a professional speaker or you're a uh, financial advisor, if you do, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, public speaking, if you are a training facility that teaches other people to speak, things of that nature, sometimes you really want to brand the name of the company. Uh, Sandler Training is one of those. Sandler Training is very much into branding their name. Um, then there's other companies like uh, Christine Martell, who is a prosperity coach, and we really branded her name. Um, those are times that you really want to work with fonts and you really want to develop the name of the company. If you look at people like Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins doesn't have a symbol. Tony Robbins is his brand. So it really depends right. on the kind of business that you're doing. Uh, if you're doing apparel, if you're doing going down that road, um, obviously you want to create a brand. You want to create um, a symbol that's going to make it memorized. Because remember, people are looking for clothes. They're not necessarily looking, but if they see that symbol, then they're like, oh, that's, you know, Mike.com or right. you want to brand it. Right. Yeah. And, and um, there, there's a lot of talk and, and thought process that has to go into this because isn't the goal to stand out? How do you make somebody stand out when they're just starting out with their logo? Well, one thing I do as a designer is I research the competition. Like, if you're uh, doing those kinds of, like, we're going to talk about doing a brand, let's say we're going to do a symbol, um, and that your company is apparel. Well, I start looking at other apparel companies. I want to find out who's the latest trend, who's actually on the rise. You know, I want to see what, what those companies are doing for their branding and what's working and what's not working, because I want you to be able to run with the big boys. I want you guys to be out there among all this, but I want you to stand out, and I want your symbol to mean something along those lines. So research is a big part of it. So, um, what kinds of things, what kinds of other things do you look at? And, and actually, we will get back to that in a minute because we are almost ready for our first break. And I really want to make sure that everybody understands that branding and your logo go hand in hand, but there's so much more to it. And we will talk about that when we get back from our first break. So, stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. Tune in to The Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. 
These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, uh, I was talking with Jan Miller of 2113 Impact Graphics about branding and some of the things that he looks at when he starts to talk to his clients about building their logo when they're first starting out. Now, building a logo when you first start out is a whole lot different than rebranding, isn't it, Jan? Oh, very much so. So what goes into, um, if, if we fall into that category of having uh, started a company and uh, put together a, a logo that we put together and didn't put a whole lot of thought and process into it, and a year or two later uh, decide that it's time to rebrand, what are some of the things that we need to consider when we do that? Well, the thing to consider, again, would be, where is your company going? Like where you started may not be where you wound up. Um, within a year, you could say we made some adjustments. We figured out what's working, what's not. We need to make some changes, and that going forward is also going to reflect in your branding. Um, when you're doing redesign, it could be a number of reasons. You could have old technology, like you know the technology's changed in the last year. You've had uh, the CEOs change. There could be a number of different reasons why you need to go for a rebranding state. And the biggest question I get is people ask me all the time, how do I know when I need to do a new logo? How do I know when to rebrand my company? And my, my answer is, you will know. You will get to the <laughs> point where you go, I've got to make this change. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I can attest to that because I, I rebranded uh, two and a half years ago, and it, and it came down to the fact that um, – I looked at my the way I had branded myself, and it looked so old-fashioned. And and me being in the social media, internet marketing business, I had to go more towards something that fits that space than what I had been doing. So I am right there with you. Right, and you know it's funny as graphic designers, I say we're kind of like hairdressers. When we get bored, we start rebranding ourselves. Yes, <laughs> you know, that too. The hairdressers that will too. change their hair and their color, and we change our brand. Like I think I've changed mine five times over the year over the years because you know as I've grown, I'm just kind of like, no, nah, it's time to you know fix that. Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I hear you with that. So um, one of the things that you and I had talked about um, is the fact that you need to have more than one version of your logo, um, especially in today's technology stage. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, what we call it is a fluidity in your logo. In other words, your logo needs to be able to move around for different formats. In the old days, um, you had what they call static design. It was one logo, it never changed, it went on everything you did, and it never really moved. But now with digital age and digital billboards and a lot of movement, especially with web, 
if you have a logo that is a circle and you go to put it on your website, they have to shrink it down super small and you can barely read it on some websites because right. they didn't do you know, the longer version of it. So there have to be different versions of your logo. Now, it's not going to change dramatically. I'm not saying that you need to rebrand for everything that you do. You actually need to take the core of it and put that into each and every level of the different areas you need it. Right. And that also goes for color too, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I have um, one company we did a logo design for, but he had very he had like eight different um, parts of the company all under the name of the, the what do we call an umbrella company. So he had like four or five different things, and we did like a Pegasus design for the parent company. Well, then he was also into a um, petroleum company, and he, I think he had a financial company. So each design that we did for each part of that company had the Pegasus logo with a different color to mark off those different parts of the company so that when you're out there branding, say he was branding the petroleum part or he was making marketing materials for the petroleum part, that symbol went on everything, even though the Umbrella Corporation still had a slightly different version. But the Pegasus was the branding throughout. Yeah. Yeah, and that that makes a whole lot of sense. And and so many of us sometimes uh, take that for granted and we just do whatever we want willy-nilly and there's no real rhyme or reason to how we use our logo or how we um, put together flyers and brochures and make sure that everything kind of goes together and that's a whole big part of branding isn't it very much so and that's where I say you know I understand when companies are starting out that they may use somebody who just knows Photoshop to try to save money. But I always say, you know, you kind of get what you pay for. And it's really important to hire a professional right off the bat. Because, I mean, I look at it as, you know, changing oil. Can I change my own oil? Of course I could. I mean, I could learn it. It's not that hard. But, you know, I also look at my time. I value, you know, time and what it's going to cost me to, you know, do all this myself. Plus, you've got to find a place to dispose of it and the oil. And there's a lot of things that go along with that. But how yeah. much better is it for me to hire a professional? I go down to, you know, a mechanic and I say, change my oil, it takes him 10 minutes, he's done, I'm on my way. So there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons to hire professionals for certain things in life. Right, exactly. And and, some t- and a lot of times when you ask somebody else to do it and then uh, a couple of years later you need to update it, they're not available or the original files aren't mm-hmm. available and you still have to start from scratch. Exactly. And the, the biggest problem most people don't understand is the difference between what is online digital world and what's print. So they say, well, I have my logo on my website. You can just pull it from that. Well, when you yeah, pull no. a small <laughs> file from the Internet and you try to put it on an 8.5 by 11 sheet just to make a sales flyer or something, it comes out the size of your thumb. And you can't just blow it up because then it pulls apart and starts to look blurry. And a lot of people don't understand that. So a lot of times when they don't have the original file somewhere, the artist that originally did it never gave them the files, we have to go in and pull that apart and redraw it and recreate it so that they can use it in the different marketing formats. Yeah, and that and knowing from experience, that's a real pain in the neck when you try to do that because you not all the time you can't always get it exactly the same way that you started. And then you're going back and forth too many times for revisions and all that sort of stuff, too. Yeah, because most people understand. They go, well, you know, I use a font. Well, <laughs> there are billions and billions of fonts out there, and unless you know the exact one, I mean, there could be, you know, a hundred of them that look exactly the same, and there's still little nuances to change, you know, to each one. So right. it is not as simple as, oh, I just use a font. Well, you know, you've really got to pinpoint that. Right. 
Yeah, and, and in addition to fonts, there's the whole thing about color and how important color is to your logo and your brand. And it's more than just saying, oh, I like this color. There, There's some color theory behind it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. We did a logo design for Essential Fitness out in um, Rancho Santa Margarita, and her niche is that she caters to women-only gym. Now, being a gym, we don't want to go flowery and goofy, and at the same time, we don't want to go, you know, hard mainstream, you know, gym as well, because it's catering to women. So, we created a design that, although it was a kind of a mainstream font, what we did was we actually added a little bit of curve. We actually created an E in the essential parts that was very stylized. But what we did mostly was the color. We actually used like a peacock blue and what they call a cool gray. Those colors combined with the logo actually gave it exactly what it needed to get that feel that we were going for. And again, that's all talking to the client about what colors, what, you know, how do we, how do we make this all work for that particular uh, genre that you're going after. Yeah. Are there questions that you ask your clients beyond what colors they like to determine what colors you ultimately use? Um, beyond that, we could take a look at if it's a rebrand, we'll take a look at what they were doing, what maybe worked, maybe what didn't. Again, it's also the research. If we start looking at other companies out there, if I start looking at women's gyms and start seeing what people are doing out there, sometimes those colors um, that are out there, you can kind of start using not necessarily, you know, exact, but you can start pulling ideas from that into the design when you start doing it. So a lot of times, like I said, it is asking the right questions, but a lot of times it comes down to your ideas as a designer. You sometimes need to lead a client. Um, Some clients will tell you, I can't see it. I can't see it in my head. I have an idea, but I can't see it. And it's your job as a designer to get them there. How many uh, how many revisions or, or versions of logos do you typically go f- through before some, your clients say, yes, that's it? Well, the way I do it is I actually sketch out ideas. I actually am an artist from you know, my whole life, so I have a sketch pad, and I'll just start drawing out ideas based on conversation that I have with a client. I scan those and send them to them and say, you know, these are some ideas. You know, they'll pick a couple, and then we start doing the computer models of that. So once we get into the computer models, we're pretty close. It's not like a guessing game at that point. And I think that's where a lot of designers make that mistake is they'll just start going on the computer and start hammering it out. And then they wind up doing, you know, 15, 20 revisions because there's no real um, uh, guide for them at that point. At least when you're sketching it out and you come, the client can kind of get an idea, you have an idea, you kind of have to start to build a roadmap. Yeah. And, and that's one of those reasons why you really do need a, an expert to do that. I mean, there are a lot of um, sites out there that say that they can do your logo and all that. And uh, they seem canned. Don't you? So, so how do you get, how do you get around those responses that you may get? Oh, I can just go to, I don't know. And I don't want to put anybody down or anything, but I can just go to, say, Vistaprint or something like that, and they'll do a logo for me, and all I have to do is choose the design. How, how, do, you, how do you overcome that mentality? 
Um, well, the biggest thing um, with companies that are that have uh, actually good designers. I mean, I will I will say this brand actually does have good designers. But when you get into mm-hmm. companies like I can go online and get my my logo done for ninety nine dollars. Well, right. the problem is you are not going to pay ninety nine dollars because what they'll do is they'll pop out about five different designs and kind of say pick one, and you're like, well, I'm not happy with those. Okay, we'll keep doing it. And after a few, they're kind of like, okay, well, we're going to start charging you for every one we do. So they start nickel and diming you to death on that. Um, then say you even get to where you say, okay, I like this, let's go ahead, they'll send you one file, and you're like, well, no, I need the PSD file, I need the vector file, i got to print this, i got to do this. And they go, oh, okay, so this file is this much, this file is this much. So by the time you've actually finished, you've actually paid three to $500 for your logo. So, I mean, those, those are kind of, you know, I mean, I don't, those are kind of tricks that they do to pull you in, and then they start upcharging each other things. Right, and, and nine times out of ten, you may not be completely satisfied with that logo, and you'll be in the same position a couple of years later. Right, and my one of my favorite quotes is actually, if you think good design is expensive, wait till you have bad design. And that was from the CEO of Jaguar. Well, I guess we have to take a, a little bit of uh, uh, wisdom from somebody in, in that position, don't we? <laughs> right, right. When you've got a company like Jaguar saying, hey, you know, spend the money to get good design, because when you spend money after bad design, you've basically done it twice and you paid twice as much. Right, exactly. So, um, so once you get your logo done, um, what other uh, what other pieces do you need to, or things do you need to make sure that you're branding in order to get that message out there? Well, I'm a big believer in business cards, digital or printed. I am a big mm-hmm. believer in them because this is your first contact with a lot of people. Um, you handing a business card saying, "This is who I am." Uh, you know, if you need something, call me. Well, it's not always that easy. A lot of people look at business cards, and if your business card's horrible, a lot of people are kind of like, okay, that goes in the pile. You know, but if you have a card that's outstanding, the way it's done, the way it's set up, a lot of people will take notice of that, even if it's digital on your phone and you're sending it through phone. It's how it looks. I mean, it's very important um, visually. We are a visual society. We very rarely read anymore. If you don't believe me, look how many right. bookstores have closed over the years. Um, exactly. Libraries, everything else. Everything's gone, you know, to a digital age. So we are visual. We're not necessarily reading. So if your stand, if your brand is not standing out visually on business cards, on your marketing materials, that is a big downfall for your company, and you miss a lot. Yeah, you do. And actually, that takes us to our next break. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about branding with Jan Miller with Twenty One Thirteen Impact Graphics. Stay tuned. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers, where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411marketingsolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. 
That's 411marketingsolutions.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we were starting to talk about some of the other pieces that you really need when you're talking about your brand. And Jan made a really good point that uh, your business card is one of the most essential uh, pieces to your branding. And Jan, I just wanted to follow up with that. So what are the key elements that you see that need to be on a business card in order for it to be effective? Um, well, like I said, when we talked about branding, it's the, the actual design of your brand. It's colors. A lot of times it's colors that can stand out. You know, business cards nowadays, there's so many options out there from simple and inexpensive to you can spend quite a bit of money. And I kind of like to talk to people about having two sets of business cards. I always say get the ones that don't cost very much. You can hand these out all day long. They still look good, but they don't cost you an arm or leg. And then you can do very nice cards. You can do plastic cards. You can do the 3D cards, which is almost like three different cards, uh, laser cut in different designs put together. They're thicker cards, but they stand out. They're more expensive, but again, these are the ones you hand out very selectively. Like, you know, when you're going after that big client, you want to really give him a nice card. This is one that's going to give you calls back, not the everyday card. So I always talk about having two different kind of cards. And then over the years, things have changed. I mean, with faxes, you know, no longer being effective, um, not necessarily your address. A lot of companies, you know, I don't really believe in you need to have your address on there unless you have a storefront kind of property. So a lot of times you want to have your pertinent information, um, who you are, what you do. I always say on the back of the card, don't just do a front card. Have two, you have two sides of your card, so it's wasted real estate not to use the back. And I always right. say list what you do because if you're in a busy networking thing or if you're in a place where you're handing out business cards to a lot of people, they may not remember you right off the bat, but if your card tells them what you do on the back, it's going to remind them of who they talk to. That's that's a really good point. And, and do you see a lot more people putting a call to action on their cards, whether to visit them on their website or call them or have a QR code or something like that on their business cards? Yes. Um, because your brochures, your business cards, and your website, they should all have reasons for them to call you because without the call, it's very hard to get the sale. So if you go and put every bit of information on a business card or your brochure answers every single thing that you do in your business and have leaves no questions, and again, your website is your online brochure, if you answer every single question there is about your business and people don't have a reason to call you, and that's where a lot of people make that mistake. They try to get every piece of information about their business they possibly can on their websites or on their brochures or even their business cards can be overpacked. And it's like, well, that's great. I know everything about you. I have no reason to call. <laughs> and that's, that's where a lot of people sure. make that mistake. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, too, is that sometimes less is more yeah. when it comes to the information. Very much so. 
So, um, so now that we've talked a little bit of, about branding and some of the things that we need to include in our branding, um, and we've made the case that it's really important to find a, a professional graphics designer to help you through this, um, what are some of the questions that you should ask or understand about working with a graphic designer um, before you hire one? Um, you may want to look into them. I mean, you may want to go to their websites, uh, look online, do some research, um, just like you would anybody else. If you're going to take your car to a mechanic and you've never been to a mechanic in your area or you've never, you know, you moved to an area, you don't know these people, you're going to research. Do the same thing with your designer. Um, look at, you know, their reviews. Look at, you know, have, I'm not saying do they have awards, but I'm just saying look at their work. If their work is something that attracts you, then that's somebody you want to talk to. But there are questions you can ask your designer, like, um, you know, have you ever worked with our kind of industry? Have you ever worked on medical, you know, if you're a medical practitioner? So there's, there's certain questions you can ask to see their background and get a feel for them as well. Do you feel that it's important to find somebody that's worked in your industry rather than somebody who's um, more well-rounded and worked with a, quite a few different people? Yeah, that's a catch point too because... I've known, uh, let's just say medical, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. There are companies out there that's all they ever do is they put out medical websites. You know, if, you need, if you're a doctor and you want a website, you call these guys and they just pop you on their website. It, it, could, it, it could be good and bad because, yes, they work in your industry. Yes, they know a lot about how things should be set up. But then again, you're going to look like everybody else. So right. people won't stand out. Or you just say, look, these guys are medical. I just want medical. Or you say, I need to find a designer who can understand what I do, but give me something that these guys aren't doing. Yeah. And that's, and, that's and, where the catch point issue comes in. Yeah. And so, so what are some of the other things that somebody should look for in, in a good designer? Um, you know, I, I think personalities a lot. If you talk to somebody over the phone and you just get a feel for them, that's, that's somebody you want to talk to and maybe even pursue the business. Um, I'm a big believer in face-to-face. Um, you know, a lot of stuff is so online and so impersonal, and it's hard to get to know anybody that you're going to work with. And you have to remember, you're working with this person. That person's really going to be creating, you know, possibly money for you. The way you get money is for your branding. And right. that, you know, if that's not understood and the person you work with doesn't get it or they just have a bad personality, that may not be somebody you want to work with. So I really tell people you've got to research and talk to who you're looking to do work with. Yeah, and that's a really good point because this is somebody that um, you're probably if they do a good job, you're going to have a, a long-term relationship with, and you're not going to want to jump from one person to another because then you lose some of that continuity. Right, and that's with my company. We try to be a one-stop shop for our clients, so we handle all the printing, we handle all the web design, we handle everything that you need to do for your marketing, be it online or offline. We kind of handle that for you so that you don't have to go. As a designer, too, that's a lot of problem is that, okay, here's your logo. Have a good, you know, have a good day. Have a good luck with that. Well, then you've got to go find a printer. You've got to have somebody set up the brochure. You've got to have somebody set right. up your website. So there's so many things that you would have to do that's going to take up your time and your effort to find all these different people to do it. Versus try to find somebody who can do a lot of the work in one place for you. Yeah, and that's really important, especially, as you said, because it's not just offline and online. It it has to flow between the two of them. And if you don't have somebody that understands how both work, 
um, you could run into trouble down the road. Right, because there there are two different worlds. Literally, print is a world onto itself, and everything online is a world onto itself. As I tell people, you know, there's RGB, which is red, green, and blue, and that makes up every color in the rainbow digitally. Um, When you're printing, it's what they call CMYK. It's cyan, yellow, magenta, and black is K. Those four colors will make up every rainbow uh, when you go to print. But the problem is there are variances between what you see on the monitor and what you get in print. And you really got to have somebody who understands those two roles to get them to both work together. Yes, and I've learned that the hard way, trying to put together one of my own brochures or or, uh, marketing pieces and realizing after it was printed that the image that I was using was RGB and not CMYK, and there were white areas all over the place, and as you said earlier, the cheap comes out expensive, so... Uh, yes. Yeah, you really do need to pay attention to those things. And, and it goes towards whatever you're putting on the Internet or in print. You need to, there's an attention to detail that you have to have, especially when it comes to your brand, because that's your reputation on the line. Yes. And there's, when, you know, when I talk about print, especially in that, is they have what they call, like, Pantone colors. Now, this is a certain mm-hmm. color mix. Like, say you will have a uh, dark blue. Well, they, every printer has got to know that exact color if you want that look. They'll say, I want this blue on every single thing I do. Well, that's going to be a Pantone. That's going to be, like, every single printer is going to have that exact match of that color because it's coded that way. Whereas, if you go to a much uh, cheaper printer, they don't do a bad job. They have what they call gang run. They take tons of different work. They put them all in one sheet, and they just run them, cut them, and send it to their client. Well, blue's not made match every time because, again, it's a mix that's going for the machine. It's not an exact match. And, again, that's something your designer really has got to know, you know, um, and it could be down to cost. You know, if a lot of companies are like, I'm starting out, I'm not really caring, just make it blue. That's one thing. But if you guys are going down the line and you're saying, no, no, no. We, we want this blue to match on everything, every document we have. We're going to pay the money to print it so that it happens that way. Again, those are conversations you need to have. Yeah, and, and you know what, Jan? That's a really good point because uh, when we're looking at uh, when your graphic designer or whoever's putting together your, your branding documents um, sends it to you, it's going to look different on your screen than when you print and your desktop printer isn't going to give you the same quality of print that a printer will give you and the colors may change. So um, how do you get how do you get over that? And because they may like what they see on the screen and when they print it on their printer, but when it comes back from a professional printer, it's it's funny. Or it's not the color that they had. How how do you uh, how do you reconcile that? That's again. That's conversations with a client. You're going to be have to describe the fact that everything you see online is going to be brilliant. You know, in other words, when you see blue and it's blue, it's bright blue, or you see red and it's this glowing red on your screen. Well, you have to remember when it translates to paper. Paper takes ink differently. If it's a high gloss paper. The ink sets a little more on top, so you get a little bit more of a vivid color. It's going to be slightly off because, like, again, you're not going to get those brilliant colors that you do necessarily in print that you see on screen. There's always going to be a little bit of a variance. Then if you do matte or you do linen kind of papers um, in your designs, 
that, that's going to soak up the ink a little more so the ink can be slightly different. Again, it's working with Pantones or it's working with the different colors. With Pantones, you can really control that much closer. But even in what they call Pantone books, they'll show you side-by-side comparisons. They'll say, this is Red 125. Well, Red 25, when it shows the RGB mode or online, that's a bright red. But they show it as CMYK mode. It's a dull red. Right. And you have to explain yeah. those to clients that this is, this is how this works. Because clients don't know. And you have to educate them a little bit. Right. And, and that's why it's important to to be flexible about your color because what you see on, on print, if you want to reproduce it on the screen, you may be actually using a different color. Right. And the way I've combat it a little bit with my clients on screen is that I try not to do those brilliant reds. I try not to do those bright blues. I try to give them something online that's actually going to match a little bit closer to what they're going to get in print. So I'm not going to yeah. say, look through red, and it's this glowing red. And then they get the color, you know, on paper and on print, and it's a dull red. I try to give them a little bit more of that. I take just their hair off. But, again, that's a designer. That's somebody who's got to have those conversations and tell clients, you know, they go, I want the the red brighter. Well, I can make it as bright as I possibly can online, but you're not going to see that brightness when we go to print. There's a lot of tricks to getting the brilliance in red on paper. Um, You can do spot gloss. There's some different techniques you can do. Again, it's all about uh, the cost. Yeah, and and that's something that we'll talk about when we come back from our break. So uh, stay tuned as we wrap up our discussion on branding and the importance of, of making sure that your brand stands out. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet 
at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. We've been having a great discussion about branding and why it's important for your company's success and some of the things that you need to pay attention to when when, uh, talking about branding. And right before the break, Jan started talking about cost. So Jan, do you want to keep up that conversation and talk about some of the costs that are involved with this? Oh, sure. Um, You know, when starting out, the cost is something to look at, and I try to, it's it's like pulling teeth sometimes, honestly, to (laughs) get a client to give you a budget, because they don't think about it. They just say, well, tell me how much it is, and you go, well, I'm so much an hour, I'm so much to do this branding, they go, oh, that's way outside of what I wanted to pay. Well, again, without knowing, it's really hard to come to the, you know, you should really have an idea of where you want to be so that the designer can either work with you or you need to find another designer. So it really depends on what your budget is. Um, if you're rebranding, you should be at a level where you're like, okay, I understand I paid cheap the first time. I'm going to put a little bit more money into this and get it done right. So there's there's different costs involved. It depends on whether everything's going to be online, whether you need actually printed materials. So there's some costs involved, and all that needs to be discussed. Yeah, and that's really important because this is you're talking about your company's brand, and that should be something that you uh, spend a little bit more money on in order to establish yourself and make sure that everybody understands who you are and, and what you stand for. So I, I agree totally that um, it, it may cost more up front, but in the long run, it's going to be well worth every penny that you spend on your branding. Especially in rebranding, um, my, my opinion is, that if you have a company where you have salespeople and they've been putting the same thing out to their clients or, you know, the same clients I see all the time or even new clients, you know, they kind of lose their enthusiasm after five years of putting out the same thing. You know, they just kind of like, okay, the same stuff, I'm doing the same spiel over and over and over again. Suddenly, they have a new brochure. Suddenly, they have new flyers or marketing material. It energizes them. They're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Let's go out. Now they start talking to old clients. They start talking to new clients with new energy. It can pump blood back into your company that might have been, you know, slowing down or just not getting the sales that you're looking for. Sometimes that rebrand or updating the marketing really does that for you. Yeah, I I agree totally. And now the last thing that I want to talk to you about is um, protecting your brand. So we have our logo and and we started putting together our brand, but I think a lot of small businesses forget that there's some protection that you need to put in place um, when it comes to your brand. You want to talk about that a little bit? All right. There are copyright laws and there are uh, certain things that you have to fall under for copyright protection, and a lot of companies fall well below that because they don't they don't research the name and they'll just say, "Oh, I decided to call myself, you know, Joanne's Boutique." Well, there could be five other Joanne's Boutique, right? Um, and if they're registered, then you can't use the name. And then you paid all this money for all your marketing, and then you go, "Oh, well, I got to redo everything because you know this person sending me a letter saying, you know, this is our brand, you can't use it." So I always tell people to really uh, talk to trademark attorneys. And I know the first time you hear a term, you're like, oh, God, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Trade is much different. You may pay them an hour to literally just do the paperwork to set up your design. But once you have it, you've got to have it first. So once you have it, have a trademark, have a service mark. That's something that's been new over the last few years. Um, there's different uh, ways to go around and copyright or trademark or service mark your design. And that's where you really need to just have a conversation. And most uh, attorneys, you're just saying, 
hey, do I need this? You know, do I need to copyright my brand? They'll tell you yes or no. Yeah. And it's really important. I mean, I in my younger days, I worked for a company that was looking at service marks and trademarks. And if you think about it, there's a couple of things that we call um, by their names today that should have had a trademark on it. So like um, Bear Aspirin, their product was Aspirin. Um, and that was their trade name. And they never trademarked it. But we use aspirin all the time. The same with Kleenex. We say, when you need a tissue, you say Kleenex. So it's really important to make sure that you have all that taken care of and you don't have to go back and redesign the wheel um, later on. Right, and it's like it's the same thing like jacuzzi. Jacuzzi is a hot tub, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzi. It's, it's right. just how you, over the years, you develop in the word. Oh, everything's a jacuzzi. Well, they're not, but right. we get it. <laughs> yeah, know. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so, so I, I want to uh, ask you if you have any parting thoughts for our audience today as far as branding or, or setting up your logo or working with a designer. Um, I would just say, like I said, um, when picking a designer, really do some research, see, you know, what their credibility is out there in the market. Um, you need to find somebody who really can get inside your head and figure out, even if you can't, what it is your company needs and what it's looking for in its branding. Um, those are my biggest things I could leave people with as far as you got to prepare yourself a little bit. You can't just start up a company and go, hey, I'm going to do house cleaning and then let's go. <laughs> you know, right. you, you really got to put some thought process into it. Right. So if, if people have really liked what they've heard today from you and uh, want to hire you or want to talk to you further, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach me through my website, which is 21-13impactgraphics.com, or you can call us at 855-438-2113. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate you um, being on today and giving us your expert advice about branding and putting together a logo and, and all of your other branding materials. Oh, thank you so much. I had a good time. Thank you. Thank you. So we've made it to the end of, of another episode, and I know that it, it's a lot to take in, and we, we were talking about a lot of different things today, but it is really important if you want to make your marketing efforts successful. So um, if you have any questions or if you want some more information about branding or anything else that we've talked about, feel free to drop me a line at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. And I want to remind you that if you were with us last week, we uh, talked about email marketing and how to start uh, your email list from scratch. And at the end, I gave you a 30-day email challenge. And that is starting next Friday, September 15th. So hopefully you're ready for that challenge and you're, you're going to join us. And each day, if you do join us, you'll receive a variety of tips and techniques that will help you improve your email marketing. We're going to help you put together a a game plan, how to write your uh, email, welcome email, and the difference between autoresponders and broadcast emails, uh, how to create an email swipe file, 
how to create your uh, email content calendar, how to track conversions. We'll talk about um, lead generation or or, uh, lead magnets and how to set up landing pages and how to get them to convert and how to put all of that together in your email in your email system. So the way that you can sign up is go to 411marketingchallenge.com and then join us on face our Facebook group, which is a private Facebook group at 411 Marketing Challenge. And uh, when you sh- uh, sign up at 411marketingchallenge.com, it'll also ask you to share it with your friends. The more the merrier. I am very happy to put this together and teach you how to do your uh, email marketing. And each day within the Facebook marketing group, what we'll do is we will have, uh, there will be a live uh, Facebook live uh, video and you'll be able to ask questions, um, tell me how you're doing, get help from the group and all that. So this is really going to be a fun challenge um, for anybody who's up for it. Again, you can sign up at 411marketingchallenge.com. And then let's take a look at what we're going to uh, see next week on uh marketing that won't break the bank uh jim froling from 411 uh 411 that's me 949 uh local internet marketing is going to be with us again he's going to talk about local search optimization a simple guide for small businesses so you really don't want to miss that one the last time and if you haven't heard it yet it was um pay-per-click and he did an excellent job. So if you have any questions you want to answer, just send me an email at 411 market at Janet at 411 marketing solutions.com or connect with us on Facebook. And uh, I want to thank Jan uh, for joining us today and for you joining both of us today on marketing that won't break the bank. I hope it was informative and you came away with some new ideas to market your business. Have a great week and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts. 